Well, greetings, Hempster. Thank you for tuning in to another hemp episode of Hemp Aware Radio, where we focus on what's most important. On today's show, I'll be chatting with Chris Martin, the man behind the Hempful Farms brands and the, and the, the man behind the family. At Hempful Farms, they are dedicated and committed to your health and your wellness with hemp and CBD products and are doing some pretty amazing things to support their community and, and families across the nation. So if you're wanting to increase your overall health and wellness or reduce stress and anxiety and support the health of your whole family, including your pets, then you're going to love today's show. But before I jump into this chat with Chris, I just want to make sure that you're aware that we have all sorts of amazing resources available for hemp entrepreneurs and hemp companies. So if you're wanting to increase your traffic leads and sales, or if you're wanting to update your website or brand and get the results that you really deserve, then check out hempaware.com and schedule a free consultation with us so we can dive into your needs and figure out how to accelerate your growth and help make your hemp visions come to fruition. But anyway, I appreciate your attention and tuning in to this empowering conversation we're about to have. Chris and his lovely wife, Andrea, and uh, or Andrea, and their family and team have been providing top quality CBD products for pets and families for longer than most CBD companies that have been out there. And they're based out of Phoenix, Arizona, and would love to see your smiling face at their physical storefront, or you can go to hempfulfarmscbd.com to check out their products there. And uh, Chris has a very inspiring story, and he knows what it takes to be a successful hemp entrepreneur. His tenacity and passion to help his community overflows whenever you interact with him and come in contact with his team or, or uh, his storefront. So on that note, I'm super thankful and so glad to have Chris on today's show. Thanks so much for being here, buddy. Thank you, Tyler, for having me back. I remember you and I doing uh, a podcast, I don't know, what would it be now, almost eight years ago before yeah, like I went that. to prison. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's neat to be back yeah. and free and home and able to talk to you again. Absolutely. I'm sure we got some new perspectives, new angles, new insights. Um, I mean, talking about going through the trenches and, and um, the ringer, as, as they say, I, I would love to get glean some more knowledge from you and, and share that with our listeners as far as, you know, what it takes to be persistent and focused and, and really get through the tough times. Um, but for those who maybe haven't heard about you and your amazing story. Tell us a little bit about your background and what uh, eventually led you up to working with hemp and CBD products. Yeah, absolutely. I I won't tell the whole story. That way you can catch the documentary, Haters Make Me Famous, on Amazon Prime. So I won't Mm -hmm. give you too many spoilers about it. But, yeah, I started off uh, really just as a kid smoking pot. That's my the real history, you know, as a teenager, um, smoking weed just like any other kid. Well, once I got older and I was diagnosed with Crohn's in 2007, um, doing the math and realizing that, you know, not only smoking it, but eating it and using it as a topical was a much better way to medicinally help heal my Crohn's and some of my medical conditions. So once I figured that out for myself, it was all about sharing. Uh, we, we immediately opened up and started a brand called Zonka, which was our cannabis-infused brand, 
you know, going to collectives, compassion clubs. Um, we went medically legal here in 2010, but didn't have a dispensary open until 2013. So my wife and I as caregivers became that medicinal connection for many, many patients in our state. You know, we're the fifth largest city in the country and there was nowhere to get meds for two and a half years. So mm. my wife and I stepped up um, uh, two years into the, our uh, making of the edibles, we were raided. The state really didn't like the fact that we were doing this and they weren't getting a tax cut. And they knew the dispensaries were about to come online, so it was going to be this head-to-head battle, and we got raided. We were looking at life. I was looking at over 100 years in prison, all really blown out of proportion storytelling by the, the state. Uh, once we proved that, we came out on top. I didn't have to go do life, and we came home and, and really flourished. Um, my wife is probably the bigger hero who should get more media and attention than anybody because, you know, prison wasn't really difficult other than being away from your family. You just sit there. There's, you know, mm-hmm. what you do with your time is on you. My wife is the one that had to hold down the fort, the house, the business, the children. Um, and she really made all this happen. So when I came home, I walked into this momentive business that's already, you know, rocking and rolling. So we've just kind of go from there. We, we, we've, you know, everyone's had to adjust through COVID and, through all these crazy times that we're dealing with right now. And I think the best way to, to really survive and do that is with your, your family, you know, without her and without her, having her as my backup, I don't know where we would be after nine years. Well, you guys are both heroes in my eyes, such um, passionate individuals and your hearts are in the right place. You're really looking out for, for others. And I think that's why you've been able to get through this because you, you have really good intentions and, you uh, have good quality products. You care about the, the quality and integrity of, of the medicine and, and the relief that you're getting to people. Uh, but this documentary that, that came out on Amazon Prime, tell us a little bit more about, you know, how you're able to get this together. What, what's kind of the premise of the documentary? Um, and again, what, what's the name of it so people can find it on Amazon? Yeah. Well, you know, the whole concept actually is, is still kind of mind-blowing how it came about. Uh, while I was in jail fighting my case looking at what 127 years for 15 felonies i actually wrote a book and it was more of a memoir to my kids uh just explaining to them to not listen to the media that yeah i rode the motorcycle club but i didn't kill people i wasn't a murderer i was an activist i was an advocate and to be frank most of the people in my club were veterans so you know, we, we did a lot of stuff for the community so the book was more to tell my family that what kind of person I was if I didn't come home from prison. Uh, Oddly enough, the book was seen by a producer and a publisher, and they helped me publish the book. And then a director came to me and offered his services uh, to help me turn it into a documentary. And that's where Haters Make Me Famous came from. So the book was really just to tell people, my family, the story, and the documentary became the more public entity where we went a little more in detail. And honestly, you know, with our, our story, that the police that were involved in our case, you know, who are no longer with the department were pretty crooked. So we felt that the book and the documentary would also leave kind of a, a trail in case anything else were to happen to either one of us. We wanted there to be 
a storyline for someone to look and see, you know, I mean, it got to the point to where we thought maybe our house might accidentally burn down or our brake lines might not work one night or, you know, it got really scary. So not only do we want to get the story out there, but we wanted proof. We wanted evidence mm-hmm. to be shown of what we were doing versus what they were saying we were doing. Right. So, and the documentary name one more time on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's called haters make me famous. And I, I, Catch some flack for it sometimes because people think it's kind of ego-driven and it really did not mean to be. Um, The name came from the fact that nobody knew who we were. We were just a Mm -hmm. small mom-and-pop couple making medicine for a few veteran families that ended up getting thrown on the front page as this huge biker gang selling drugs to kids. and just I mean, it it was so blown out of proportion that it, it... it showed how many people were really not on our side. And that's what Haters Making mm-hmm. Famous came from. It was like, look, you put us in the limelight. You're the ones that made us have this story. We were just doing what we thought the law said we could do. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. I'm so thankful that you were at the right place at the right time, that you, you took the time. Obviously, you had the time <laughs> uh, <laughs> to write that book because um, you did the time. And you had this opportunity to to put it into documentary and and you did and and that's um really commendable um but you mentioned so Zonka was the the first brand which was essentially a cannabis based brand more on the Correct. the medical side psychoactive um component of the plant but then eventually that evolved uh into Hempful Farms and the Hempful Correct. Farms brand and moving into more of the CBD side the non-psychoactive side of things. Tell me how that came about and what uh, inspired you to go that direction. You know, that's a whole other documentary in itself. I literally, <laughs> I, I created the Zonka brand one day sitting around with some buddies. We were just, honestly, we were smoking weed. And a buddy had some sweet tarts. And when I tore the label off and threw it on the table, the W from Willy Wonka turned sideways and it looked like a Z. And I just sat there and I went, man, that is a really great name. You know, it's parody. Yeah, it's parody completely. But by no means were we trying to steal from them or take anything directly. We it just was a clever little name. I mean, I've been doing that my whole life with different brands like Weedless versus Seedless, and you know, a lot of the stuff that we do currently is the same way. Uh, mm-hmm. Once we got raided, you know, life changes. You, you come home with nothing if you even have home to come home to. Um, I had to fight my case for three and a half years, and we had to live, we had to survive and going to my nine to five chef job was not paying the bills, especially now with all this traveling for court every 30 days and have to meet with my attorney every 30 days and peeing in a cup every 15 days. And, you know, there's lots of expenses that come along with these charges. So one night I was the chef at a local restaurant and I'm literally working 60 hours, not making any money because it's all being taken anyway. And I told my wife, I said, you know, we should just take a couple of our products and turn them into hemp products, CBD products. Same, same recipe, let's just swap it over. And the idea came from a friend of mine who owned a hemp farm in Colorado. So as we chatted about it, you know, he made it possible for me to take the biomass or get biomass. And we, we R&D'd it. Sure enough, I set up a market square website with three products on it our lotion our lip balm and our chocolate and as i'm standing at work my phone literally is blowing up with orders halfway through service i've got over 60 orders that i have to go home now and make and get you know into the mail 
I called my wife. Mind you, I'm on half a million dollar bail fighting this life case. And the uh, last thing my wife wants to hear is I'm quitting my job. Um, I told her, look, I have to make a choice. I have to either commit to this so that way you have something if I don't come home from prison or I'm going to sit here and flip pasta all day long and have nothing and get sentenced and never come home. So she said, look, I trust you. I've trusted you this whole time. And we never looked back. I I walked out of my job nine years ago. Uh, We've had Hempful Farms up and running since that day. And it's just been a blessing. It's been you know, a power bigger than me in control. And we are just very thankful that we even here, you know, almost 10 years later, like you mentioned, not many people have that opportunity to be here uh, after all we've seen and this much time. So, we, you know, we just thank you. And, and Hempful is, is what it is. We, we are a small mom and pop manufacturing company. We try to make the best products on the market that we know how to make. And, and that's really as simple as it is. We are seed the shelf, and we own part own a couple little farms where we can create biomass that keeps our prices competitive. So I don't have to raise my prices and be super expensive compared to some of these bigger guys. That's awesome and super inspiring. I mean, to, to make a decision like that, the word decision means to cut off all other options. And you jumped in, and your heart uh, – your faith, I mean, it's just super inspiring to hear that and, and to know that when we jump, the, the ground will be there when we have that faith. And obviously that's the story uh, for you guys. Um, and so you started out with, with the lip balm and and um, the, the chocolate, and you've evolved into a lot of other different products, <laughs> including Paw Putty and, and yep. all sorts of amazing uh, products for the whole family. Tell us a little bit more about the Hempful Farms product line and, and some sure. of the products that you guys have to offer and how people are using them. You know, early on when we realized that we were going to have some success in this space, my son came to us at about nine years old. He's 17 now, but he said, you know, dad, we have a big Rottweiler and he limps pretty bad. And do you think that hemp or CBD would do anything for him? And I said, you know what, man, let's make a treat and let's see what we can do. And it worked. It, it helped him. And, just my son being as creative as he was, plus, you know, being a victim of our raid, he took to YouTube and he took to online because it, it helped him deal with the PTSD from the raid. And when he realized that that brand was not only helping his dog, but other people's dogs, he fell in love with it. So mm-hmm. I decided to take Paw Putty and Weedless, which is our smokable brand, and every brand that we've created and separate them just in case I didn't come home, my wife could then financially decide what she needed to do with each brand. So Paw Putty was born eight years ago as our pet line. We offer about 15 different SKUs under the pet line, everything from chews to treats to tinctures and topicals. Um, and the cool part with our product line, no matter what brand it is, we make everything here on site. So I think that's what sets my company apart and allows us to the longevity that we have is that, you know, we control every aspect, whether where it's in the ground. When you call, I can tell you what lot number that came from, what field we got that biomass from. And I think that's important to today's consumer with the flooding of the market with the way it is on every aspect. So the more information you can give um, on every product line you do, the better. And that's just how we look at it. 
Uh, weedless is our smokable line. That is just pretty much everything you see in a dispensary with cannabis. You can come into Hempful Farms and see from his. Uh, we make rosin. We make concentrates. We have rollies. We do flour. Uh, and then, you know, anything smokable on that aspect, we, we like to just teach about it. Um, so that's what our retail model is. It, it looks sort of like a dispensary without the the high prices and the stuffiness. You know, you're going to see me and my wife every time that there isn't some staff member that's too young to know what half of this stuff is or under-trained. It's either my wife, myself, or my children that are in their 20s now that have been doing this for nine years. So that's what I love about us. And that's one of the biggest things in, in this entire industry that's so essential and one of the biggest challenges most hemp entrepreneurs and hemp companies are dealing with is the education and really having educated consumers understand what they're buying, what the difference between one CBD product and another. I mean, I just recently heard of a, a, a child, uh, unfortunately, getting a hold of some D8 gummies and passing away because they, you know, ate a whole bottle of gummies. And who knows, you know, they bought it at a gas station or someplace where maybe that supply chain didn't have transparency. They didn't know what was being used to extract it or what other toxic compounds may have been in there. But having that education is so foundational. And, and I love that that's where you guys start with and having that full, uh, you know, transparency of from seed to, to product is so essential. And I think really does separate you guys from a lot of other brands out there. Um, but as far as, you know, so you've got Paw Putty, which is the, these amazing dog treats and, and, and pet products, Weedless, the, the smokable products, the rosins, um, and then Zonka. Is Zonka brand strictly for uh, THC-based products, or is that also on the CBD side of things? No, it's a THC-based still, just like when we started it. And now you can mm-hmm. find us at ogzonka.com. We have a website up. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a tough battle in Arizona with our brand just because of the legal background. I mean, I've mm-hmm. got my FA card and my DA card to operate out of kitchens and be in dispensaries, but the sales of our product have been limited because of the ownership of the dispensaries going corporate. Um, mm-hmm. With my history of activism and advocacy against, you know, crooked market and uh, corporate greed, uh, it's really hard to go back to those same doors and knock on them and ask for shelf space and be taken seriously. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of the result of our advocacy. You know, we, we put ourselves out there letting people know the truth and what is going on with these bills when they pass them. And on the other end of the spectrum, they've decided not to purchase our products anymore. So we're, we're in, in kind of a fork in the road where we are looking at a rebrand on one aspect or maybe even just launching nationally and doing some um, legal agreements in other states to have the manufacture for us there. Nice. Well, and so that brings up um, kind of another curious question. So you have Convicted Creations is another brand. Yeah. What, what, how does that look? Do you offer like private chef services or how does that uh, brand operate? So Cre- Convicted Creations, honestly, uh, started off as a joke. I was in prison with a very good friend of mine who's no longer with us, Billy McMaster. We called him Irish. He we used to not eat in the chow hall very much because the food in prison is terrible. 
And me being a chef, I would get really creative of a lot of different recipes, as well as learning some of the regular prison recipes that have been in there for years. Um, as I created stuff, Irish would always come to me and say, man, you got to write this stuff down. And this is super creative. About a year after my release, Irish got out and he came to work for me and was here for a few months until he was killed on a motorcycle in an accident here. And ever since then, I was dedicated and I, I, I just said that, you know what, this, this needs to happen. So I created the cookbook, Convicted Creations, with all the recipes from what we had created in prison. And then we took it a step farther and we put it on YouTube and Altered.tv, where you can also find the documentary. Um, but there's, we have a cooking show now. We're on season three of a prison food cooking show, which sounds almost kind of oxymoronic, but what it really is, is we sit around and we talk about our experience and we fellowship our way through a bad place. And every one of us that are on that show, male or female, has some past story and trauma, no matter what it is. And we decided that this is a really safe and helpful way for us to get through it. And we've realized that there are a lot of people that have been in that position that might not want to talk about it, but at least want to connect with people who also have been there. And uh, funny enough, we've, we're receiving 20 to 50,000 views on some of these links with some of these goofy four-minute shows on it. And uh, it feels like it's better work than some of my activism because people want to tell their story. They want to, they'll come on screen and talk about the mistakes and choices they made and how they fixed it. And honestly, I feel like that's what life was based on was being able to change and make a mistake and heal from it. And I feel like in a society where it's a different world than what maybe some of us grew up in, it'd be nice to get back to that same sentiment of, their same sentiment of caring for others. And I see that on this show. It started off as a goofy joke that we dedicated to a friend's daughter because her dad passed. So all the proceeds from both the book and the show go to her. Um, But then, it's grown into this fellowship of people that didn't even know each other but have walked the same walk and aren't afraid or embarrassed to tell their story. And, you know, we, we don't focus on, like, bad stories like child molesters or anything like that. It's, it's mainly drug offenses. It's mainly things where people had an addiction or, you know, a bad law got someone in trouble. Or We really focus on the drug side of things because I feel like we're in a losing battle there. Yeah, focus more on the unjust stories. But still, I mean, yeah, I have no no matter who you are, I mean, the moment that you are wrapped up in that whole world of of being convicted for anything, whether you're innocent or guilty, there's just I'm sure a tremendous a tremendous amount of guilt or shame or grief that you go through and so having this as an outlet not only for you and and your core team to, uh, to share this with others and have it be a way for you to process it. It sounds like such a, a cathartic release for others uh, that maybe have gone through a similar situation. So that, that's super cool. I'm going to dive deeper into uh, the Convicted Creations episode. I'll have to check that out. Thank you. So, appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. So as far as, you know, working with cannabis or hemp specifically, what would you say inspires you most about working with this plant? 
you know, the healing property. I think seeing what the future holds in medicine with cannabis is what interests me the most. That and food. I feel like we've been poisoned for so long with such processed crap, and there's so many answers with hemp and cannabis as a team. Um, just being able to talk about it again uh, at all on any level is reassuring that there's hope that we can do better. You know, the, the corporate takeover is what it is. And, you know, like all things, what goes up must come down. I think the perseverance for every person on an individual level to find the truth in this plant is what it's going to take to overcome that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I agree. I think there's so much that we don't know about what this plant and its compounds are capable of, not to mention the the food, shelter, clothing, plastics, energy, fuel, and and uh, 25,000 other things it can make. I mean, just <laughs> being a, a, a medical or a remedy in our um, cupboard, so to speak, is, is I mean, in and of itself worth uh, completely descheduling this compound as, you know, a schedule and drug. It's still just so barbaric and absurd that that's the situation. But luckily, people like you are doing the work to get people to medicine anyway. Um, but you are a hemp entrepreneur at heart. I, I see you as you know definitely one of the leaders in in this uh, in this community. And so, obviously, going to prison is maybe one of the biggest challenges anyone could ever face. But as it relates to business and entrepreneurship, marketing, branding, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges that you have faced with your company or, or with your brands? Uh, and how were you able to, you know, work through some of those challenges and overcome them? Man, that that could take a whole show. I feel like it might be easier to answer what we haven't seen yet, only because where we're at right sure. now, there are so many things that when you look back and think of, you know, from banking to processing and using a processor to just being able to build a website, I mean, one of the latest things we just overcame, uh, you know, was hiring a marketing team and a, a website team. We hired this team, and um, I'm the kind of person that I, I stay in my lane. I do what I'm good at, and I let other people do what they're good at, and I hope synergistically that we mesh together and it rocks. And I feel like sometimes because of that thought process, I get burned more than, than I probably should or more than most. But this team came in and had a great written game plan about marketing and subscriptions and affiliates and all this great stuff that I thought was really going to help us out. Well, at the beginning, you know, it started to seem like it was going to work. But my the team had set up a bot to where anybody who shopped on my website prior to their taking over, if they were to use any one of their promo codes, then a percent was going straight to them for the sale. Now, I'm not opposed to the affiliate bringing in new sales, but when you're taking a fee from a customer that's been here seven years shopping, I, I kind of have question with that. So, you know, we went through the motions. We talked about it. I, I felt comfortable with them backing away on that aspect. And then it just started the waterfall. You know, we found more issues uh, more stealing. Uh, I, when I cut them off, what we didn't know was they had listed all of our domains for sale. So hempfulfarms.com and zonkamiles.org, my two most 
popular and most used domains for my hemp company and my nonprofit had been sold. They, the person, whoever it was that bought them, reached back out and wanted to buy them for 80 grand. So all it said to me was inside job from the beginning, but it let me know that, you know, you can't be as, well, as forthcoming and trusting as you want to be when it comes to this business. You know, mm-hmm. people will tell you what you want to hear to make sure they mm-hmm. get what they want. So mm-hmm. protecting yourself contractually, having a mm-hmm. lawyer and legal team in place that's willing to not only just say, yes, that's a good contract, but willing to back it up if it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are just some of the few things I've, I've learned over a long, tumultuous uh, career in this yeah. industry. And I'd say that the second thing would probably be just the competition. You know, competition is fierce and mm-hmm. furious, and you have to be willing to think outside the bomb, like we say here yeah. at Info. You know, mm-hmm. think outside that box and jump and, and be willing to take those leaps of faith on some items that you might not normally do because, uh, I don't know, for us it was a home run. You know, it really was. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that, and it's absolutely essential to you know, do that vetting and, and really understand who you're working with. And like you said, that your contracts are clear, you understand what the exchange is, that you have full control over all of your assets, whether it's domains or products or, you know, sales coming through your site, you, you need to have uh, as clear of a picture of all of that and, and complete possession of it. So that that's a big lesson to learn and, and hopefully others can, can learn from your experience on that. Absolutely. Um, so I've asked you kind of what inspires you most and, and all about all your products and, and brands and um as far as, you know, the most rewarding thing about working with hemp and, and delivering hemp to your customers, what would you say the most rewarding thing for you is? It works. It works. Mm-hmm. I don't need these crazy sales pitches or, you know, flashy signs or this crazy marketing plan, which, I mean, some of those mm-hmm. things obviously help SEO and drive traffic, but the mm-hmm. product sells itself. Like, literally... I get more people that come through my door and the first question we ask everyone is we ring them up or how'd you hear about us? And mm-hmm. the number one answer is referral. My neighbor mm-hmm. told me, my mom told me, my brother told me someone used it and it worked. That's the number one most, I, I guess, rewarding thing about anything we do is when they walk back in my store and go, my dog didn't have a seizure. My mm. mom's hands don't hurt anymore, you know, and it opens mm. up that door I, for cannabis conversations. You know, I had a couple in here today and the husband's dying of stage three cancer and I believe it's colon. And he was a Catholic raised and very strict growing up that, you know, cannabis was a drug. And if you're in recovery and you use cannabis, then you lose your recovery. So he is going through this middle battle right now where Oxycontin is okay because the doctor gives it to you even though he's addicted and gets dope sick every four hours. But God forbid if he takes an RSO capsule or smokes a joint, then he loses his 36 years of recovery. And for me to be able to hand him an alternative, even though to me it's the same plant, Mm-hmm. I can still open up that door slowly for that conversation to him because today, after you know some of his 
his dope sickness is getting worse from the, the pills, now he's willing to talk about it. And then I feel that him was that gateway conversation that opened up the door for him to understand and want to learn about cannabis. Yeah, talk about a 360 or a 180, I guess I should say, on a gateway. Yeah. I mean, it's really a gateway to a healthier, happier, more balanced, uh, well-rounded life. And in many cases, uh, to, to go through a healing process. Um, so that's that's super inspiring, and I appreciate that. And I totally agree. And may our listeners take heed to that insight that what your uh, what your customers share with other prospects is way more powerful than anything that you could tell them. So, so word of mouth and getting testimonials and using those to offer your products uh, is definitely one of the best um, ways to market your business. And it's free. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're pouring your heart and your quality, you know, your, your attention into producing quality products and you're, you're constantly looking at ways to improve, people are going to experience that difference. And like you said, they're going to share it with others. <clears throat> so I, I definitely I, I look at running my business kind of like I run my life, you know. One thing I've taught my kids in this life that's important to me is that legacy. That, mm-hmm. that you know, my life started a little rough through group homes and foster homes and then prison as a kid. You know, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't the best beginning, but does that, it, it's not really so much how you start to me. It's how you finish and that legacy yeah. along the way. And my business is ran the same way. I care about what people think say and talk about us that matters yeah. to me because that's how we survive you know they, mm-hmm. they honestly they pay our rent they pay my checks yeah. and it mm-hmm. matters to me that that product is doing what it's supposed to and that they understand who we are and where we came from 100 percent. i love what you said i want to repeat it because it's worth repeating it's not how you started out it's how you end it and that that's really um a huge insight for, for our listeners. But if you were to share maybe one or two other tips or, you know, marketing, branding, sales, business strategy, or just something that you think might help those other hemp entrepreneurs out there, or maybe a word of advice for them, what would that be? You know, stay true to your dream. Keep that end game in sight. I know it's easily to, it's very easy to get distracted along this path with, many, many different obstacles. I mean, I, we've jumped through so many hoops along the way, it's almost hard to just pinpoint one sometimes. But stay true to what your mission statement is and what your dreams are, you know. I think that's honestly why we're still here, because we didn't lose that insight on why we started this. Now, do we have to have, you know, come to Jesus meetings in the back of the house sometimes and sit here and remember and remind each other, like, yeah, times get tough, sales drop, Sometimes, you know, that it's all kinds of things. Look what COVID did to so many businesses. My shop here in mm-hmm. Phoenix is in a strip mall. There's only two companies out of 12 left here. Um, to be standing here, it's, you know, being the only one, it's really easy to look in that parking lot and see that glass half empty. Um, mm-hmm. But realizing that we're still in this shop after this long, after so many have gone, to me, it's half full that we are still mm-hmm. here, we're still surviving. So not only keeping that dream alive, but remembering that perception and that idea that you had in the beginning. Amen. Yeah, really, really diving into that why. Why are you in business? Why are you doing what you're doing? Simon Sinek has a book called Start With Why, which I think really 
uh, speaks to your point there is, is having that, that mission, that purpose, that vision. Uh, even in the Bible, it says where there is no vision, the people will perish. And I think that's right. exactly what you're describing is, is having that clarity of vision, knowing why you're doing what you're doing. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not enough to make a dollar. You know, I mean, it's easy to, to make money if, if you know how to sell and you know how to get a product completed. But to really have a purpose behind it is so much more meaningful and fulfilling to, uh, to go into work every day. So it's an honor to, to have you on the show. If you want to share maybe one last uh, plug for where people can find your products and, and get a hold of you, always love having you on. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we've got a few websites. HempfulFarmCBD.com is where you can go check out all our Hempful products. We have some merch on there, our books on there, the docos on there. I have HatersMakeMeFamous.com. That's where you can check out our podcast. You can check out our movie. Uh, what's coming up with just merch on that aspect and what's new with the podcast. Um, then we have Convicted Creations on YouTube and Alter.tv. New episodes should be coming out by the beginning of the year. Um, and then pretty much just Amazon Prime, Tubi TV, uh, Plex, uh, Haters Made Me Famous is found on probably about 10 different platforms right now. So find one that's free for you to look at or one you know, that you're already logged into and check us out. And just give us a review. The number one thing about making these docos isn't the money we spend or make. It's the reviews because that's the traffic. That's how we know that people are watching it and where they're watching it from and what we need to do to get it to more people. Right on. Well, thanks again, Chris, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another hemp episode of Hemp Aware Radio, where we empower and hemp educate your hemposphere because it's important. Have a great rest of your day, and thanks again, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for having me.